I just hit record so that we can, if in case we start saying anything interesting. Oh, good. There's um, slim chance of that. Don't worry. Mm-hmm. All right. Oh, do you want to, should we say welcome to the podcast first, I suppose? Yeah. Welcome to Foul Play. Yeah. With Laura and Jackie. Yeah. I'm Jackie. We're gonna I'm Laura. Do some small farm chats. <laughs> we are. Yeah. Um, okay. So, Laura, what, what's been growing on? Oh, um, I'm just enjoying this time of year in the garden, I guess. You just get all the the rewards. And, yeah, I think my pickling cucumbers are probably the most exciting thing at the moment. So I'm going to make some pickles. Oh, yum. And how do you, what yeah. recipe do you use for making your pickles? Um, well, as a little taster of what is to come in this episode mm. that I, my favorite YouTuber that I, um, I get my pickling recipe from is um, Josh Weissman. Okay. And so it's just like refrigerator pickles. So it's really easy that you don't have to can them, but you, you should eat them within two weeks, which is not usually a problem for me because I really like eating pickles, <laughs> um, but it's just dead easy. So you put it, you just put whatever you're pickling in and then you boil up a recipe that's half half water and half vinegar. I always yeah. use apple cider vinegar. And then you um, add a bit of salt and then you like put over whatever aromatics you want in and pour it over, close the lid, there's your pickle. That sounds so five easy. Minutes. Wow. I tried to make pickles last year um, using apple cider vinegar and a few mm. other things in the cupboard and they were pungent, like... <laughs> they would literally How like many did you leave them for? Quiver when you ate them. Um, it was like an involuntary shudder. They were good. Like I love pickles, <laughs> but they were so. Um, they were left for probably about four months. Yeah, and they didn't wow. have like anything nasty growing in there. They were just intense. So mm. I might try these refrigerator pickles instead. They're good. They're good for a quick, easy pickle. Yeah. But yeah. So what's been growing on with you? So we are just about ready for our duck family to arrive. Um, We thought we might have them by now, but as is the running theme, I'm still duckless. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. But that's okay because we're just taking the time to make sure that their cupboard is set up wonderfully. Uh, I did make a little post about it the other day and it's like the most mm. boring looking Instagram post I think I've ever made. It's a picture of a cupboard. <laughs> <laughs> I felt bad about sharing that, but also very excited about the fact that we had to put a, like a, a chicken wire. It's not really chicken wire, but I'm going to call it chicken wire. Door. Duck wire? Duck wire. No, it's. We'll call it duck wire, but it's like a, a grate sort of thing so that they'll be nice and safe in there and we cleaned it all out and it's looking fab. Um, yeah, so that's exciting. And other than that, like my pumpkins are still crazy. So taking over the whole garden and I'm just trying to um, dream of what my yard is going to look like once the pumpkin vines are gone, like once they dry up and I harvest the pumpkins so the other day I started uh, sprouting my next batch of veggie seeds ready to plant Mm. in some pots and then I'll plant them out in the garden eventually so that's always fun um I have a really good way of doing that too I Trav's brother um 
gave me this tip where you wet a paper towel, like a kitchen paper towel, and then mm. put the seeds on the paper towel, like so fold them over so they're kind of sealed in the folded paper towel and then slide that mm. into a plastic Ziploc bag. But I guess you could use any container really. And then um, put that container under the sink, so somewhere dark, and leave it for like two, two or three days. Um, and then the seeds just sort of sprout. So then when you've got them out, you've got these tiny little sprouts to plant. And That's I have awesome. better success rate with my seeds doing it that way rather than um, putting the seeds straight into the ground. Yeah, so that's exciting. I feel like I'm growing something, even if it is just under the sink. Yeah. Yeah, I should try that. With I, for some reason, can't sprout lettuces. And I wonder if it's because... Like I always try to direct sow them. Mm. I just try, I like direct sowing everything. And yeah. I don't think that's, I mean, it's obviously not always the best idea. Mm. Um, yeah. And I, I wonder, even though these, the lettuces I got were supposed to be fine for direct sowing, I think I might try that technique. That sounds, sounds useful. I reckon lettuce needs a bit of babying because I used to do the same thing, direct sowing, and I never mm. had any luck. And then I did the sink sprouting and then transferring mm. that into planters and then from there into the garden. Um, and I had so much lettuce, I didn't even know what to do with it. So, Yeah, yeah well, I have no lettuce and it's very upsetting because it's there's this little patch of garden mm. that really wants lettuce and it's being, it's being wasted. And mm. I, it's also, it's hard, I guess, when you're direct sowing, you obviously you don't want to disturb the soil so you mm. can't look if it's sprouting so it does take like at least a week or so until you know if it's worked and that's a week of growing time that you've wasted yeah, yeah. <laughs> um and if it's under the sink you could see it more easily because yeah there's not dirt in the way exactly. it's very exciting seeing their progress under the sink i love it um hot tip hot tip how's that for free even mm. yeah <laughs> yes Totally free. Um, so speaking of hot tips, mm. I'm interested in your recommendations mm. of um of podcasts, other other podcasts, yeah, and um YouTube channels that you look at for gardening and poultry tips. Yeah, well, I've been so excited about this episode ever since I suggested it to you yesterday. <laughs> it's been on my mind. Okay. Yeah. I have been looking forward to it. Um, obviously, my favourite podcast on gardening is this one because I get to talk to mm. you. <laughs> Just, yeah, me too. I always look forward to our <laughs> podcast. Um, and generally, I actually find it really hard to discover Australian gardening podcasts, which also involve enough duck content to satisfy my interests. But I could be like, maybe I just haven't found the podcast for me so I'm happy to take any hints or suggestions from anyone who's listening who's like actually Jackie there's a really good Australian duck <laughs> gardening podcast that you have no idea about and this is it <laughs> yep um, yep hit us up on Instagram at Pod if you or, have fantastic yeah. um, duck gardening podcast recommendations and maybe we'll just stop like if there's one out there that's just fabulous we can right, yeah. call each other every week instead <laughs> yeah. So, yeah so I mean really we're, we're interested in any podcast aren't we that related to gardening mm. and ducks like I'm always looking for new mm-hmm. stuff to listen to so yeah if anyone has any that we don't mention um then definitely hit us up on the Instagram 
Um, but my so my favorite podcast is strange. Um, given that I live in the Shoalhaven in Australia and really like ducks and have a backyard farm. My my favorite podcast is very aspirational. It's um <laughs> it's called Homestead Story. And they the, so it's about this family who live in Baltimore in Maryland. And they have like an acreage out there. I forget how many acres they actually have. Hang on, I've just got it up on my screen here. Mm. Yeah. So they have a 10 acre farm and they do the deep mulch, like permaculture method there, which I've always really wanted to get into. And I have done a bit of it in my little plot, um, but I just love listening to them discover how it all works. Um, listening to them talk about, you know, how it's working for them. They have fruit trees. They have so many chickens and ducks. They have a dairy cow and a meat cow as well. Um, But the best thing about their podcast is that it's all sort of like they're new to it to an extent. So they're establishing it and they're learning it, learning about it all as they're talking about it. So I like hearing them reflect on stuff that hasn't worked and then, you know, they'll talk about something that they're really looking forward to trying. And then a few episodes later, they'll talk about how it was an epic fail, which is kind of <laughs> reassuring, um, something to relate to. Yeah. Um, but they don't put out very many episodes. So it's like very inconsistent. And maybe once every few months, they'll do like a big reflection episode. Just, um, yeah, so most of their, their episodes are about their life on the farm and gardening, but they do talk a little bit about... Um, their religious beliefs, so they're Catholics, which is a big part of their practice as homesteaders and part of the reason they started doing it, which I find really interesting to listen to. Obviously, it's not for everybody, um, but I'd recommend giving it a try if you're interested. Yeah. Mm, I I will definitely give that a listen. Mm. That would be great. I think it's also that, yeah. that um, format of, like, the husband and wife talking and reflecting on their family life as well as the farm. Like, it's also mm. intertwined which is um, very wholesome. <laughs> I love that. No, oh, that sounds great. I um, Yeah, I don't have many. I'm a podcast fiend. Like I consume so much podcast content. It is ridiculous, which is possibly why the last episode I sounded way too excited and like listening back, I was just like, oh my God, Laura, shut up. You were mortified. That person. Yeah, you were mortified. Oh. I wanted to cancel it and never do it again. But I the reason is is because I listen to so many conversation-based podcasts that I always I'm like that one person who is too excited and talks too much I'm just like what are you doing be quiet the other person's more interesting so I have reflected on that and I am not going to be that person it was useful to listen back to myself but it is just the the, um, intense enthusiasm I approach podcasting with normally as a consumer I guess I have a lot of pent-up energy as a producer but so my point is that I don't really have many gardening podcasts and I think it's because I'm really interested with gardening in um, learning things I can apply to my garden like as sort of it's not like aspirational I guess is a, a good way to look at it but I look at so many I listen to and I watch a lot of aspirational gardening things and I listen to other aspirational things. So I'm looking for practical advice generally. So I want Australian podcasts 
Um, and ideally I want ones based for my climate. And so I listen to, so I don't have that at all. So I'm out, I'm in the market for it. Um, but I, I listen to all the dirt, which is an Australian gardening podcast. And it, um, it's hosted by Steve Wood and Darren Thorpe mm-hmm. and they're in Western Australia. So it's incredibly different to my Eastern Australia. Um, and they're also coastal and I am inland, mm. but I do like, I do like listening to them because they're just so experienced and they often have quite different views. So they challenge each other a bit. So like Steve, for example, is really into fertilizing thing, things. And he also uses um, like chemical weed control methods. But then Darren is like not as into fertilizing and hand weeds everything. Mm-hmm. And it's just interesting hearing about sort of listening to two very experienced people coming to issues, but often with different approaches. So it lets me think about, oh, okay, that's something I hadn't thought of, thought of. And also maybe um, I'll try both, <laughs> see oh, which works better. Right. Um, I have seen, I think I listened to, no, actually I haven't, I haven't listened to any episodes from that podcast, but I have seen it in my searches, but I was kind of put mm. off by the, was, are they really short episodes? Like what, I'm trying to think what it was that maybe not listened to. Yeah, I think they are quite short. There's a lot of content though. It goes back a while. So I usually listen to a few at a time. I think the difference between me and you with our podcast preferences is that where you're into like obtaining practical advice and very applicable um, like content, I'm more interested in escapism. <laughs> mm that sort of, like I said, aspirational sort of thing. I want to listen to people who have like big um, farms set up who've been doing it for a a long time or might have like 50 ducks. And um, Mm -hmm. that for me is like the premium. That's the content that I'm after when I'm looking for this sort of thing. So that's interesting that you are more more to like, what can I do in my garden right now with this advice? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's I I love escapism with podcasts, but I usually go with different genres for that. <laughs> so it's um yeah, other than gardening. So how about YouTube? What um because I YouTube is a wealth of gardening information. Yeah. Um yeah, what are some of your favorite channels? Great. I love YouTube. Um I use it for everything. I think I used it to help diagnose my son's reflux like it's great youtube <laughs> it, it really is it really really is uh so my absolute favorite youtube channel uh for this sort of content is self-sufficient me uh i was gonna wonder if we were gonna have any of the same and he is thoroughly on my list oh he's my favorite i love self-sufficient yeah. me um oh, he's just so entertaining but I think this is the thing like maybe this is where we come together because he is very practical with his advice mm. as well um even though he's got this like massive orchard of beautiful established trees and the veggie beds he seems to have like it's very established um he seems he also to- lives in north Queensland and yeah. I often and I'm like of course you can grow that. Like yeah. You're in a, you basically live in a greenhouse. Yeah. Yeah. North Queensland. I know. Oh, um, 
it's like I would love to live in that climate just for the ability to grow everything, but I don't want to be that sweaty all the time. So it's nice to be able to watch somebody else do it. <laughs> he often looks quite sweaty. Yeah. Yeah, he does. But it suits him. Um, yeah, so he's like that realistic, self-sufficient living. I think that's a good way to, to put it. And he has so many, well, he doesn't have so many, but he has a good portion of contents about ducks and quail keeping, which I'm really interested in as well. Um, so he goes through like how he set up his duck run and the sorts of feeders and stuff that he's, he actually like invented a different way of um, building a chicken and duck feeder, which I thought was fascinating so that vermin and um, rats and things can't actually get into the food and you can have it sitting there for possibly a couple of days or more, which I thought was great. So if you need to go away or whatever, then they'll at least have access to food, um, even though you probably have to have someone come in and clean out their water and whatever. Anyway, I'm getting distracted. But, um, yeah, I just love how practical his videos are and how he goes into so much detail with each one. But they're so varied as well. Like he has so many different topics that he covers. Oh, yes. And he also has just that fantastic, like, you know, what uh, what the internet should be, which is you feel like he is just, like he is just 100% himself. Yes. And he is unfiltered talking yes. to you about, like, you, you know, I love how he sets up the camera and he's like right next to it. And then he like walks away back from the camera and yes. holds things up really close so you can see. Yeah. And I really like his um yeah, it's it's practical but also just very um resourceful approach. Mm. Like I I really dislike having to get a specific tool or a specific thing. I like to think, okay, what have I got that yeah. I can repurpose or what can I find? And um one of my favorite episodes of his is like burying dead things in the ground yes and so yeah and he did the experiment where he put like an egg in and then he was like actually the tomato without the egg seems to be doing better but the the best thing was he was like so I bury dead things on the garden all the time one day my wife was driving home from work and crashed her car and I'm like you can't bury your wife in the garden like terrible no and he's like she hit a kangaroo so I picked that up and buried it in the garden. And like, I'm like, okay, that's, that's better. Little, but yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, but it is a really, a really good idea. And I've, um, <laughs> I haven't buried a kangaroo in the garden, but I would. Mm. Um, but like, you know, we had leftovers of fish and I was like, well, I don't really want to put it in the compost because it might attract um, vermin. And then also like the chickens, I didn't want them to, the bones might get stuck in their throat. And so, um, I just dug a hole and buried the fish, well, the remains of the fish. And I have no idea if it has helped my garden, but it might have. I have a very successful crop. <laughs> so, I, yeah, I like, and he's, I like that he has follow-ups a lot as well. Like he'll do an, epi an episode and then show you what happened. Yeah. Um, I, I just recently watched his, like, his follow-up to the tumble, um, the compost cylinder, and you, like, turn it around. What's that called? Mm. It's like a is it compost tumbler? Yeah, compost tumbler. We'll just call it that. Um, so he had one um, one uh, show initially where he got it and then put it together and everything, and then this was like the review a year out or so. I love how he does that. He's just he's so mm. thoughtful. That's great. Yeah, I watched I watched that one as well. He's um yeah. oh yeah he's he's excellent. Yeah. So um so anyway. yeah, I like the mix of comedy. That's that's good. 
yeah 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 it's very Australian humor too that's just yeah mm. it feels homey um and what so what you said there might have been some crossover between us but I don't know beyond that channel if there'd be too much because my other two um favorite YouTube channels are mostly duck focused but what's what's next on your list? um so the weedy garden oh. have you heard of that one no so yeah it's um this guy started it sort of at the beginning of the COVID lockdown and he's a photographer and I look I I, I watch, yes. yeah, maybe the reason I don't like aspirational things is I just get really jealous. I'm like, your life, look at you. He's like, I was a photographer and traveled the world and took all these amazing, amazing photos. And he's like, now I've always wanted to make a garden. So now I've come back to my beautiful acreage in northern New South Wales. And I'm like, of course you have. Great job. Now you're coming back where like to a beautiful rainforest where everything grows. He is very good, and it may, um, it's the the aesthetic. I'd say is the polar opposite of self sufficient me. Yes, <laughs> it's not very DIY. Like he's, it's so beautiful, and there's so many time lapses and um, of his garden. It's gorgeous. But the thing that's most exciting is he does um, really interesting things with compost mm. and creating like bacteria solutions for the soil. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say this wrong, but like the Bakashi method yeah. of compost where you like um and because you know fermentation is very you know just cool I'm very interested in fermentation in food but then also in terms of um for the garden creating that healthy soil bacteria is Mm. exciting I I just realized I have seen some content from the weedy gardener that mentioned like when you mentioned he's a photographer in the time lapse thing I was like oh yes I do know him but I think he had a segment on gardening Australia recently like that's how good they oh. got is that they borrowed some of his content I could be wrong but I'm pretty sure that's where I saw it yeah yeah no that wouldn't be surprising and I should caveat because I know one of our um, our top listeners is my co farm runner um johnny and i he he is the youtube fiend like Uh he i'm the podcast fiend but he is the youtube fiend so all of my recommendations are through him and he is way more of an expert and he's also the fermentation genius and so he um yeah is playing with with all that sort of stuff with our with our compost yeah but you get to watch it and then come here and talk totally and like and yeah, and he dives really deep, and then I can sort of just take out the key highlights. Yeah. But one part of it that was interesting is like I made a weed tea a long time ago, so just like picking weeds from the garden and then um, draining them in water, like drowning them. And so I initially thought I had to leave it for a really long time, um, but and then turns out I shouldn't have left it for so long. It actually developed like a scoby on top, oh, and cool. I was really worried. And when it stunk so bad. Um, but then after watching the weedy garden, I tipped it in the compost and was quite confident in doing so. And it, it actually did seem to accelerate our, our compost a bit, or at least, you know, our compost was accelerating and it did no harm. Yeah. So it's fun to play around with that kind of um, fermentation experimentation. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. I'm going to look that guy mm. up after this. That sounds fun. Yeah. Um, was that... I'm just thinking. So I've just, I've sort of kept my list of YouTube channels that I'm going to recommend down to just three, which includes Self Sufficient Me, because I could go on forever and ever about this. Mm-hmm. 
I also have three, so oh, good. Top three. That's nice. <laughs> so what's your next duck one? Um, yeah, so it's not exclusively duck, this channel, um, but there is a higher proportion of duck content. Uh, so it's called Gold Shore Farm. And um, this is a couple who live out in um, Vermont. I think it's in North Vermont, so it gets very cold up there it's and, like, proper snow and things like that. They're not – it's not really, like, relatable to my climate at all. Um, and the, the guy who runs it, his name's Morgan, and his wife, Allison, is on it every now and then as well. And they're kind of in the they, – they set it up in 2016, so I think they're pretty well, like, underway now, but a lot of it, the content is about him setting up the farm that they have so planting out all the trees and then the biggest portion of their homestead is like a, a duck farm and they have geese as well so it's been interesting watching him troubleshoot um raising ducks and keeping them safe and then introducing geese and whether they get along and um you know all the fencing and stuff and then recently uh some of the more recent videos he's got a dog to protect the ducks um which I find really interesting, sort of training up the, the dog. But the funniest thing, like there's a good mix of comedy in his channel as well. The best thing is that he's trained his ducks in the morning that they run out of the house when he says, release the duckies, but he screams it like really loud. <laughs> like, release the duckies. Yeah. And then at night time. I got to watch it. He walks around, I think, I'm not sure if he has a bell or not, but he walks, walks around yelling, oh, ducks, go to bed all ducks go to bed and they just run to bed I love it yeah and I guess that's fantastic he has good charisma it's very personable um so it's enjoyable watching all the same yeah um so I think and he's quite prolific like I don't know how many videos he has now up in there but there's it's endless like you could sit there for days and just watch his content so (laughs) that's enjoyable yeah that's that's probably my my top duck content uh, YouTube channel, Goldshore Farm. I would definitely recommend. Mm. Mm, thank you. Yeah, what's your um, – so you had The Weedy Gardener and then Self-Sufficient Me. What's your number three? So my, my number three is um, Charles Dowding's channel and he's the No Dig Gardener guy. Oh, yeah. I think it's just called Charles Dowding. I So just before I talk a little bit about that, I watch a lot of chicken content, but it's all curated by Johnny and I am not sure what the people are. Yeah. So, but it's great. <laughs> and I know that there's a lot of chicken content on the internet and I'll have to find out what the one we watch most of is because he, I, I was just thinking of him as the, the compost man and he has a fantastic chicken composting system. Yeah. And if I ever leave Johnny for like half an hour, he'll I, I'll leave him beginning doing anything and then I'll come back and it will always be the compost man on the TV. And just all roads lead to compost. Um <laughs> he has a really nice voice and it's very lovely how he says it. But so the other one that I I will watch a bit is the yeah the no dig one. And that's I guess because there's there's just so much research behind that no dig method of gardening and it's something that you need a long period of experimentation for so it's great to watch these people who have set it up 
over a really long period of time and then you can look rather than experimenting in my own garden over just you know one season they're like we they've been doing it for seven years mm-hmm. um and yeah I just find it very interesting that idea that it's changed the way I think about soil rather mm-hmm. than being something that you always need to add to and turn and change um and it requires a lot of work it goes well with my preferred method of like leaving things be how they just want to be and work themselves out um that you know just layering compost on top and then letting like little air pockets form and all the bugs come in and get happy so I like that method but I also I have a very wise gardening friend and she says no dig is great when your soil is already good Mm. but given that like here we're working with some pretty dense clay and very dry soil um it's like getting it to a good point first and adding a lot of organic matter and like sort of turning it and making it nice before committing to being like okay now you can settle yeah but I don't know if it's a no dig method or not but we've done it on all our garden beds this season after having dug in some um like brought in some soil and dug in some horse manure and some of our own compost and that was like over winter and then so for the spring planting we didn't dig it in we just sort of left it and it's so happy and like the amount of worms and soil life and like it's yeah I'm 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 in I'm convinced so not always not from the beginning and not for everything but I think there's something to it for sure yeah I've used a bit of it as well um just because I'm like quite time poor (laughs) And also, mm. I do not want to spend all my time in the garden turning over soil, as important as it is when you're getting started. I think when we moved in, I did it, um, that whole area where all our food plants are, I turned it all over and mixed in a bit of manure and some mulch. But after that, I was like, right, that's it. I'm not doing that again. That was hard and I don't like it. <laughs> mm. um, so it's that, lovely if someone says it's good. Yeah. So I found all these people saying no dig is great. I was like, see? It's fine. I know I don't have to do it again. Um, but so that's a, a good recommendation of a channel. I'll ch- check that out. I think the the podcast that I mentioned, they talk a lot about no dig, which is where I heard about it. But it's always good to have a few different sources on the same topic. You can get a few different points of view on it. Yeah. And I think this guy's a little bit too um like dogmatic about the no no dig, to be honest. Like I'm like, hmm, it's not always that the best. But he has a particular, like one of the episodes is this great comparison where there's one garden, they've treated exactly the same, added the same amount of compost each year, planted the same things, mm. but one is no dig and one, they turn it all through. And then they measure the output from each garden, like they weigh it and they didn't notice much difference for a few years. And then now the no dig one has taken off with more productivity. Oh, well, I knew what I was doing with my laziness was very productive. So that's good. <laughs> nice. So my third channel that I'll mention today is White House on the Hill. Um, so actually, I don't think that they have any ducks. No, they must do. Surely they do. I don't know. They have a lot of fowl. I'm just trying to remember. No, yeah, they definitely have ducks. Never mind. So White House on the Hill, um, they it's run by Jake and Becky, and they are 
like city escapees, which is also the same sort of thing for the podcast that I like as well. And actually Goldshaw Farm, it seems to be a, a running trend of people escaping the city, moving to the country and setting up a homestead. Maybe there's, I don't know, mm. that story just appeals to me. Anyway, so this channel, uh, they've got five kids, they've got 25 chickens and a bunch of other birds, um, but they do have ducks as well. And they just do like really nice family updates on what's happening on their farm and there's lots of things that are going on as well as more practical things like, uh, I don't know, how to do coops. And they have bees as well, which I've always been really interested in. And I, I'm kind of too afraid to actually get into the world of beekeeping, but I like watching people who do it. They have, they have a cow giving birth in a very recent video, which is very cool. Yeah, so it's very like mm. lot, a big variety of content because they have so many different types of animals. They've got mini pigs, apparently. And I always thought mini pigs were just starved pigs. Have you oh. heard, like pigs who are not fed enough? But maybe. Oh, no, I didn't know that. Because they seem to have mini pigs in this place and it's you know whatever they seem like nice people I'm sure they don't starve their pigs so teacup pigs are definitely not just starved pigs because like the the size difference is crazy like, mm. like absolutely crazy yeah and then there's those there's lots of stories of people who think they're gigs and then the pig grows into a an enormous pig yeah so presumably like there is a way like there are they are a different um breed or something I don't know yeah, yeah. they also have some great um, videos of like incubating eggs and hatching them out which is something I'd love to be able to do in the future so mm. it's sort of like I feel like I'm being productive when I watch those sort of videos even though I'm not doing it right now I'm like well one day this knowledge is going to be useful even though I'm probably just gonna have to go back and watch it again one day like I'm not going to keep that information mm. in my head for as long as I probably need to um, oh, and the best thing about this channel is that they actually have, I don't know if I mentioned this, but they have emus and there's a lot of, e- oh, wow. of emus in the snow, which I think is great. And it's an American um, channel. So, yeah, it's, I just, I love the variety. There's so much going on. I think I just get bored sometimes of the same sort of content where this, there's always something different happening. So White House on the Hill is good watching. And my son loves watching that one with me as well. So I wish I could just like, I think, yeah, sometimes I prefer just watching YouTube videos to actual like Netflix series and things at night time. I'd rather just put stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I guess that brings to like, we, this isn't, um, it's not a YouTube or a podcast, but um, definitely my favorite gardening yeah. and chicken thing to watch is Gardening Australia. Oh, hands down. Like, yeah. it's the best and their mm. youtube channel is fantastic if i'm not like you know because sometimes i think oh i don't want to watch a whole episode of something and you just watch the little segments yeah. but then i end up watching it for two hours anyway it's like oh i could have watched i know episode. Um, um it's the best yeah. it's so good i think and i love the like the newer content that they're getting on is really interesting but i love like the wealth mm. of knowledge that the veterans on that show have like they know so much about what they're doing um i think is it jane who's really into the roses and those sorts of things she's been on there for a mm-hmm. long while oh, i love that so good a while she's been on there for like like, oh, like since the beginning <laughs> Think like as old as we are. I'm really bad with numbers, so I don't want to say the wrong number. (laughs) I'm just thinking, when when did Guarding Australia start? Let's have a look. And it started in 19. Oh yeah, yeah, 1990. So 
30 seeds. Oh, so it started the same year as I did. And me too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's a long time. Well, before we wrap up, hmm. last week we left on a cliffhanger of what you were going to name your ducks. Oh, we did too. And so, I haven't done yet. Look, I'll give you a I'll, – I'll, yeah, all right. So let's talk about the ducks' names. So this isn't set in stone mm-hmm. because, you, you know, sometimes you have these ideas about what you're going to call something and then they come into your life and they're just not that name at all. Like, yeah, I'm. we are like 90% sure – that uh, the ducks will be called Yvonne and Stephen. So <laughs> I love it. Yeah, but that could change when they get here. And the, the reason we chose these names is because um, obviously Uncle Stephen is the guy who bred the ducks for us and he lives with Travis's grandma, whose name is Yvonne. So we just wanted to uh, commemorate the two of them in the form of our ducks. Mm. Yeah, Trav's mum made the yeah. be awful if like one of them ever gets hit by a car or taken by a fox. We're gonna have to say, look, Avon's mm. you know, Avon's not with us, <laughs> but that's no. all part of it. <laughs> that's just part of it. So. But you could call them like Evie and Stevie as yeah. a sort of like yeah. a like a subtle homage, a little diminutive. Yeah, um, that's I, fabulous. I'm more into the formal names, but Trav is very keen on Evie and Stevie, so we'll probably just call them a mix of those things but I'm also well and Yvonne and Stephen when they're in trouble yes that's the idea (laughs) so that's That's great but um once they're here I'll do a confirmation we'll confirm their names Mm. well and they could always be middle names if um you feel they don't fit their personalities Mm. well your chickens have middle names don't they the chickens have acquired a few middle names like but but never artificially, because they don't all have them. But like um, Anastasia or Anna, you know, as we call her casually, yeah. her name is Anastasia Buffy Marie Palaszczuk. That's cool. Um, and it's because yeah, it's like it's just a you know classic name for a for a chicken. But I like she because initially. I love Buffy Sorry. Marie for a middle name. Buffy Marie is the best. Well, name. my next child, I'll use that. Yeah. <laughs> well so she's a buff sussex right yeah. so that we initially started calling her buffy then we went through a stage of wanting to name them after um female scientists so like marie curie yeah but also we we know somebody who has dogs um a dog named marie and i just love the idea of a dog named marie i just think it's extremely funny <laughs> come here marie um so that was like another plus so it was going to be like Buffy Marie well like that works well but then um the time we got our chickens was the time that all the 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 premiers were negotiating state border closures and things and that just that we didn't realize the antics with the chickens were so political yeah that it just it all seemed to really match what was happening like with national cabinet and border closures and things and yeah so Anastasia became Anastasia Buffy Marie Palaszczuk because she was most similar to the Queensland Premier who had just shut down her state was like no no one coming in and yeah that was her vibe so yeah I love that all of them have um all of them have longer names like it's Gladys Berichiklian um Dan Whitney Houston Andrews of course as I've mentioned but then Peep is just Peep like (laughs) 
I was I was wondering so. I was talking to to Travis about this the other day. So you've got Anastasia Palaszczuk, Dan Andrews, and then mm-hmm. um, oh, sorry, what's the third one again? Gladys. Gladys. Gladys Berejiklian. Yeah. So, peep. Is that referring to like the people? So you've got the politicians. Oh. The people, or is that not a thing? Maybe, and maybe that's why we like Peep the best. Yeah. But no, Peep is just named Peep because um, she was still Little. just peeping. Um, yeah. Like, beep, beep, when I got her and I drove the, the chickens down from my dad's house, which is about two hours away, mm-hmm. and the whole drive, Peep, just the whole drive was like, beep, beep, beep. And so on the drive, I was like, ah, shut up, Peep. And I was like, your name is, is just Peep. It just, and then she peeped, She just peeped for like three more months. So it was hard to think of her as a premier. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to think of her as the people from here on out. So. Yeah. Peep people. That works. Um, that, no, it doesn't need to be her middle name. But anyway, I, I hope you do get ducks this weekend. Yeah, in one day, one of these days, they're going to turn up and we'll just have to be one Yeah, and you don't have to be Jackie Douglas. Yeah. Oh, Douglas Jackie. Um, Anyway, yeah, nice chat today. Thanks for that. Yeah, thank you. All right. Go look up some of these YouTube channels now and have a lovely afternoon. Bye.